Hello folks, my name is Maddie B, and this is your first ever episode of 2023 of There's Too Much to Think. Um, I know it's been a minute since you've heard my voice, um, and that's because while I was on winter break, as I've said before, I'm a college student, and so I was taking the time to, you know, sleep, (laughs) like actually sleep, and so, um... And I also went to Orlando, which, uh, keep a lookout for that because I might be covering an episode on things Disney wants you to forget, so keep an eye out for that. Um, to start the year off right, I figured I would go to the more, like, spooky aspect, uh, rather than starting off with a murderer that was, you know, that is or was a waste of literal precious oxygen. Um, and in looking for something spooky, I thought to myself what could be creepier than the usual college ghost lore that, like, most of us have heard if you've been to college. It's always that one story of, like, oh yeah, this dorm is definitely haunted, uh, that the, like, older students tell the younger students to get them all scared. So after doing some digging, I found a college that might have some bones and roots to their ghost stories, and the college is said to be one of the most haunted schools in America. Um, that's right, today I'm going to be covering the hauntings of Smith College. Uh, it's a college um, that's in Northampton, Massachusetts. So before we get too far into it, I want to discuss a little bit about what Smith College was like as a school. So, on, like, one quick Google search, and you'll realize that this school has quite a name for itself, and not just for its ghosts. Uh, Smith College, founded in 1871 by a woman named Sophia Smith, and would officially open four years later with only 14 students and six faculty, has now become one of the largest seven sister schools in America. According to their Wikipedia page, the school is an all-women's liberal arts college, and later that would include trans women as well. Um, Around 2015, they had created a uh, trans uh, addition to their policy, which I think is wonderful. Uh, The school has over 40 programs that you can choose from, um, and also when going into, like, graduate courses you there's it's co-ed but you know the traditional four-year college is um just women so their motto is in virtue one gains knowledge but in greek and instead of making your ears bleed as i try to pronounce a language that i have never actually heard myself i decided to say it in english you're welcome So, obviously, with a school that has been around since the 1800s, and it being the first ever women's college, it turned out to be quite- it's turned out quite a few popular names, including Tori, uh, Murden, who in her 30s became the first ever woman, as well as an American, to row solo across the Atlantic Ocean by herself, like, I think it took, like, eight months or something like that. Sylvia Plath, we've- we've all heard her. Um, Yolanda King, who became a civil rights activist just like her father, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, uh, Margaret Mitchell, the author of Gone with the Wind. Betty uh, Friedman, I think as I say, author of The Feminine Mystique, and is often credited um, 
for the rise in second wave feminism, so hell yeah, uh, Betty Friedman. Uh, there are also a couple congresswomen, um, the first ladies that came from the college as well, including Jane Harmon, Tammy Baldwin, first lady Nancy Reagan, as well as first lady Barbara B- Bush. So anyway, the list really goes on. You can spend like so much time just reading up on these interesting women. I got sidetracked in my research about the ghosts and like went down a whole freaking rabbit hole of like who all went there, who were the notable people. The author for freaking um, the Babysitters Club was it, it came from that college. Like there are so many famous names out there and you could really dig for like a really long amount of time um, about these women and they're appear to be like most of them appear to be like really like kind and individuals there were a couple that like may have committed murder so I might go into that later um but yeah no like a lot of them were just like they're really big names and so this college is definitely one of those that you know enhances not enhances. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But there is, like, it definitely focuses on, like, upping the women's voices and their accomplishments. So I'm definitely here for it. However, now on to the spooky stuff. And I'm going to start with Session House. Alright, so, Session House. Um, On Smith College grounds, um, Session House is considered to be one of the most haunted places on campus, as it appears to have the most activity. According to articles done by Ghost Walks, What, When, How, and Smithopedia, which is like its um, Wikipedia page um, that's dedicated to ghost um, sightings and stuff, there are three legends that surround this house and the uh, remnants of the people are said to have stayed um, when the rest of the world moved on. So the first legend goes as follows. Built in the early 1700s, Session House was originally supposed to be a safe haven for Lieutenant John Hunt and his family during the Revolutionary War. Hunt had uh, even built a secret secret passageway underground in order for his family to move safely to a nearby river in case they needed to escape. Keep in mind, this underground uh, passageway is considered a real part of this house, so it does exist. Uh, During the war, a British general by the name of John uh, Bergon, I think is how you say it, otherwise known as Gentleman Johnny, was caught and taken prisoner. While trapped, he found himself being uh, infatuated with Hunt's daughter, Lucy, who had felt the same, and so it, it was the 1700s version of Romeo and Juliet. Late at night, the two would sneak into the secret passageway and do what people do in secret passageways, for lack of a better term. But of course, um, as tragic love stories often do, they were never meant to be together, and Bergon uh, was said to have traveled back to England after the war. 
So to this day, it is said that uh, people will see them wandering around trying to find each other and the secret passageway. It's just really sad. I hope that they're, it's just like an imprint and not what they're actually experiencing. So this passageway is said to uh, be a real feature of the house, as I said before, and every Halloween, girls go around trying to find this passageway, and according to what, when, and how, this annual search might have gotten two girls killed in the process. So the two other legends are rather short ones, but way more gruesome than um the tragic love story that i just recounted to you as i hinted above so this is trigger warning for child death and suicide i don't know if these were real people um these are just supposed legends but regardless this is um this is your warning so what started out as a fun night between a mother and her two children telling ghost stories to make each other a bit scared ended in a bloodbath The family was sitting in a circle telling each other these stories on the third floor of the house when the mother thought she had heard a noise. Grabbing an axe, she went from room to room before unknowingly making it back to where the kids were. Thinking the kids were intruders, I'm sure you can guess what happened. And once the mother realized what she had done, she um, completed suicide on the third floor. The third and final story uh, uh, from this house, and it said, like, you can, like, hear her and the children walking around. The third and final story uh, from this house also has more death, and it takes place a couple years after the Halloween tradition of looking for the secret passageway started. Legend has it that the two girls had found the secret stairway, but in the process, they had ended up falling in a hole. They... There were really only two guesses as to what happened, um, as to how they died. Uh, They could have either broken their necks or simply couldn't get out of the hole and no one can find them, so they starved to death. Um, Local lore states that you can hear the two girls talking as you get closer to the staircase. That is, if they don't attempt to push or drag you into the hole to join them first. Um, So... On to Talbot House, or Talbot House, I think so I said Talbot, Talbot House. So, of course, there can't be a haunting without a, quote, woman in white story. If you're not familiar with ghost stories or things that go bump in the night, uh, you're probably confused. You don't need to be. Everything you need to know is in the phrase, a woman in white. Usually when tragedy strikes a place or becomes infamous, this lady, usually with dark hair and wearing a white dress, will manifest herself. Maybe I'll cover this phenomenon in the future, but for now, all you need to know is the Talbot House at Smith College. Talbot, Talbot House at Smith College is no different. The presence of... Uh, the president of the house is quoted by Smithopedias as saying, quote, Talbot House has two ghosts. The first is a mysterious woman in white who runs across the porch at night, late at night. She has also been seen standing under the street lights in front of the house, as well as the light uh, in the parking lot between Talbot and Lamont, which is another house. Um, she is always in a white dress 
almost like a wedding gown. She has long brown hair and is average height. When she runs across the porch, she jumps over the rail and disappears. When seen under the street lights and in the parking lot, the woman in white stares off vacantly until she acknowledges your presence, then she disappears, end quote. Did you catch on to that? Uh, there's two ghosts, and the two ghosts at Talbot House, and <laughs> there are two ghosts at Talbot House, and this, um, this one that I'm about to say, um, isn't pretty, so hold on to your butts, I suppose. Trigger warning, bullying, and child death, once again. This might be legend, this might be fact. I tried to look further than these sources that I have, but... I don't know if they're archived or what, and I can't, I can't find them. So, back when this house uh, was used, um, back when this house was used, it used to be a part of an elementary school called Bessie Cappen School, um, and there once was a little boy named Thomas. Uh, Being a bit on the chubbier side and not being as quick as the other boys, Thomas would be frequently poked, poked and prodded and bullied. The sad part about this is that Thomas still thought that these bullies were his friends. And so one day in winter, when the boys asked him if he wanted to play hide and seek, he was more than excited to go and play with them. But the two boys had another idea in mind. They led Thomas to the attic, and after the boys had reassured him that they would go in after him, if he went in first, the boys had slammed the door and locked him in. Uh, They then ran away, and he is reported as screaming and crying and begging to be let out. A few days later, Thomas had officially been announced missing, and when one of the teachers had the idea to go and check the attic, they had found Thomas but the boy had died of dehydration sad um those bullies were freaking monsters it seems that uh before the talba house attic was closed off thomas's ghost could move freely from house to house um there had been multiple reports of him hanging around on the fourth floor bathroom washing his hands turning on faucets flushing toilets etc uh both ghost walks and smithopedia report that um on one family weekend there was a mother that was in the bathroom washing her hands talking to thomas like the entire time and it wasn't until she turned around to say goodbye to him when she was leaving that he had just vanished um But ever since the attic had been locked, uh, though, poor Thomas um, is only allowed to walk around the attic, as many people on the fourth floor can hear on their ceilings and knock the occasional thing over. So he can't leave the attic now for some weird reason. Um, But yeah, so that's those are the two hauntings at Talbot House. And now I'm going to go into Chase House. Um, Just a warning about Chase House. This one is definitely gruesome. It talks about um, newborn death and um, suicide as well. So, if, yeah. So, again, don't know if this is real. Don't know if it's legend. But if this is the case, either way, I feel like I should put a trigger warning for these types of things. So, I will also give you a trigger warning when I bring it up specifically in the, um, 
in the description, but just wanted to give you that heads up. Anyway, on to Chase House. Alrighty, so Chase House. Chase House, named after the famous author Mary Ellen Chase, who was also a student, has an assorted past. According to a blog named Historic Buildings of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, uh, the house was originally built in 18, uh, 1810 by Elijah Hunt Mills, a lawyer and politician. After Mills's death in 1829, the house was bought by Thomas Napier, um, we don't like Thomas Napier. He was originally from North Carolina. And as such, he did what every white wealthy man in the South did back then. Um, he was a slave auctioneer. Which to think of that as a job is appalling. But, um, so regardless, disgusting dirtbag, um... Regardless of the disgusting dirtbag, the house passed through many hands until 1877, where it would then be sold to Mary Burnham, um, where she would create a school for young women called the Northampton Classical School for Girls, which was a school for young girls who wanted to go um, to go to that that also wanted to get a better better education at the new smith college so it was like a way for girls to get an education before going to college uh like many dorm houses on the smith campus chase house is said to be just as haunted as the others though this dorm story is one that is uh more gruesome than the others according to an article done by smithopedia during the house House's time of changing through constant hands. It was once a boarding house for single working women. Lo and behold, a woman got pregnant, and it being the late 1800s and early 1900s, she was terrified. Um, not knowing what to do, she asked um, her friend to do something that mortified them both. And here's the trigger warning that I mentioned earlier. Child death and suicide. Her friend had killed the baby, um, and the mother ha- then completed suicide. Uh, the Sophian, the school newspaper, states in an archived article, quote, In death, she was reunited with her baby, and now she carries it in her arms as she travels, uh, traverses the house. Her footsteps are clearly heard, and so are the occasional wails of the baby, end quote. So, that's, like, that's all of Chase House, um... So, it was quick, but I just wanted to give that warning just in case, because I know child death is something that a lot of people have, you know, trauma with, and I know that suicide also has, uh, like, a lot of people have trauma with that, so I just wanted to give that heads up well in advance. It's a quick little mention, but a quick little mention can screw up anybody's mind, so... I just wanted to let y'all know, and now, um, there are th- these things may feel like they're a thing of the past with merely shadows of memories, but the campus is still active till this day. Well, at least all the way back in 2018. Has 2018 really been five years already? Good God. Um, regardless, according to an article done by the Sophian in 2018, a ghostly girl stopped the construction of the campus library. And now is how I'm going to go into it. So stay tuned because 
the story is kind of bonkers. Alright, so let me tell you the story of what the students are calling uh, Carolyn the Nielsen Ghost. On March 19th at nearly 10 p.m., the campus police got a call saying that they needed to escort a student from the construction zone of the Nielsen Library uh, that was going on through some like renovations at the time to like revamp it and um, be able to be used because it had gone um, unused for quite some time. But um, the only problem was when they approached her, she vanished so they were like oh this isn't a normal college student she just poofed into thin air uh for the next week others saw this uh others saw the ghost student periodically only to watch her vanish and that's where they came up with uh caroline the nielsen ghost i don't know where caroline came from but they started calling her caroline the nielsen ghost uh whenever the cops or construction workers would approach her she would break down in tears uh, and it was clear that she had been a stress student before her passing because she had been re- reported saying things like, done is better than good, but then she'd later be, like, upset about her done is better than good comment, and she then it would be like, but grad school! And when they tried to <laughs> continue with the construction, they were asked to give her a few more minutes because her essays were almost done this time. So this girl has been going through it. Um, they actually took this so seriously that they halted the construction for, like, a long time. Um, if this is true, like, if this is not just, like, some random student that, like, somehow runs at the speed of light, and this is actually a ghost student, I hope to God that I won't be trapped in purgatory that has me do homework in the afterlife. And it would have been even more horrible if I had to do homework stuck in the middle of final exams. Like, no thank you. I feel for Carolyn. I don't want to do this. Done is better than good, but also grad school. Like, I I get it all. I get it all, girl. And I am so sorry that you have to go through this in death. Um, But I just think it's funny that, like, they just decided they, like, had an actual, according to the Sophian, they had a board meeting and they had decided to stop construction for this because because it would become such a thing and like every time they would tell her like it's okay it's okay it would get her stressed out even more and she would like cry ghostly tears like that's a literal thing and the students were like girl we get it but like also we have finals and we need to get them done and we need the library like what are you doing it's nuts. I have the article um, saved in my sources. Go and read it. It's both sad for Caroline and uh, also freaking funny. So yeah, it just makes me wonder like how she got there. Like, did she die like doing her exams? Like, did she tire out herself out so much that she went to sleep and like never woke up? We don't know where she came from. But it's clear from what she's reported being said that she is a stressed out student. And I feel for you, girl. But with that, that is the end of this episode. I hope you all enjoyed the first ever episode of There's Too Much to Think in 2023. 
I'll come back with something gruesome. But I just wanted something to like be a little bit more lighthearted and fun. I, I know that there's there were some tough topics in here, but it's more fun when it's legend than having to actually report it. Um, if these things did happen to these people uh, that I reported saying, I I can't tell you because I just don't like I, I tried looking, but things have been lost to time, so I can't tell you for sure. But I sincerely hope not and um yeah i hope you all have a wonderful weekend and i will get back to you next friday bye bye